Ghost brothers and sisters, how you doing? Man, it's great to be here. My name is Danny Macaluso. My wife, Tracy, and I, we lead the church in Buffalo, New York. And we are glad to be here. We're actually in town for about five weeks, which I'll tell you a little bit why later. But welcome to the Lifeway Church, or Benvenito a la Iglesia de Lifeway, right? El Reino! In Acts 17, 26, it says that God sets the exact times and places for everybody and where they should live. And I think for all of us, it's exciting to know that we are where God wants us to be. That God sets up all the times and dates. He is in charge of all things. And so it's not an accident that you live here in a beautiful California. And it's not an accident that we live in lovely Buffalo, New York. Where we have great sports teams. But, uh, man, it is great to be here. And I just want to encourage you to be excited about where you live. I mean, to live here in the Los Angeles area is amazing. You are literally like the center of the world. So much is here. I mean, we drive around, and it's like everywhere we go, you turn a corner, and it's like, oh, wow, BuzzFeed. Like, the BuzzFeed. The headquarters is here. And we're all like, we're like, dude, it's like this is it. This is here, and then you turn a corner, and it's Paramount Pictures. And then you turn a corner, and it's like, wow, TMZ is here. Yeah, this is the place. This is actually where it takes place. I mean, Los Angeles is amazing. For the short time we've been here, I've written things off my bucket list. I mean, give me a first slide. It's like the other day we went up, and uh, if I get the first slide, we went up and climbed the mountain with the Hollywood sign. I mean, come on, for us, that's like, yo, we're here. This is awesome. And then you guys are like, yeah, whatever. We're like, no, we were, this was a, this was, we, this was a picture we took when we were up there. We're like, yeah, we felt like Rocky. We're like, here. It's like, man, bucket list. This is amazing. I only saw it on television, and I'm like, I'm here. I'm at the sign. This is so cool. We went to the La Brea Tar Pits. It's like, ever since I was a little kid reading about dinosaurs, I'm like, man, the La Brea Tar Pits. This must be so cool. And like, they're tar pits. And we were there. And I'm staring at them. I'm like, man, this is it. It's what I dreamed about as a kid. And it's here. I mean, you live in an amazing place. Man, every day it's sunny. And there's no bugs. How can there be no bugs? It blows our mind. We're like, where are the bugs? That's it's like a miracle of God. How can it be sunny all the time, but there's no bugs? My God, in Buffalo, we only get 34 sunny days a year. And the six months that we're covered with snow, and the other six months is bug season. And there's, there's all kinds of bugs, and we're like, there's no bugs here. And the sun shines every day. It's like we found paradise. Oh, my goodness. I mean, are you excited about your city? Are you excited to be here serving God? This is an amazing place. You can show the next slide. This is where we live. Can you see the little dude with his snowplow? This is an actual photo from a recent winter storm. We got seven feet of snow in two days. That affects your evangelism a little bit. This is not fantasy. This is our life six months of the year. We live in Siberia in the United States. It's incredible. So we're here, and it's like, man, what an awesome place to be. You should be excited. Every day you wake up, and it's like, man, every day we get up here, it's like, the sun's out again. Man, are you pumped about where you live? Are you excited to serve God in this great city of Los Angeles? Man, are you pumped to be here? You've got a great opportunity. 
You've got the Neelands leading your church. Listen, in case you don't know, there are many churches that have no ministry staff still in the world. Ministry staff, leaders struggling. There are churches that don't have what you have. You have a couple in the Neelands who have been in the ministry for years, who have tons of experience, who have been around. Get behind them. Be thankful for them that they've been around and they can weather any problems, any storms, any challenges, and you can do it with them to build a great church here. I also want to say how blown away we are by the cow family. Now, I thought it was K.O. until we got here, and Al said, no, it's cow. And they have been so amazing to us. They let us stay at their place for like 10 days when we got here. And, uh, man, we are so grateful to them. They're, they're letting us use one of their vehicles while we're here. I mean, I can't thank these guys enough. They are showing an amazing, hospitable Jesus heart to us. And, man, it's just helped us to understand you guys and to be so grateful for the church here. And uh, you are our brothers and sisters. We are family. And they are showing us an example of that love. And, and we're very grateful for you guys. Amen. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 12. That's what we'll be reading today. You know, Reese talked about last week when God breaks in, and he said he's going to do part two next time, so I can't do part two, but I'm going to do when God breaks in, part 1A. John chapter 12. And it starts here in verse 23. And now for all you single people, the secret, the secret of no longer being single, right here. This is for free, folks. Right here. John, John chapter 12, verse 23. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. You know, Jesus says that in order for the seeds to produce, one seed must die. Now listen, I was joking. Nobody's guaranteed to be married in life. It's a blessing if you can be. But it's not like the end of the world if you don't. But... If you die to self, you have a better chance of not being a single seed. Amen? That's God. But spiritually, when you look at this, he says here for for great things. My first point is simply when God breaks in, great things happen. But in order for those great things to happen, we have to let God break in. And it's just like the one seed that dies. We have to die to ourselves in order to follow Jesus. And so if you want to see great things happen in your life, If you want to see God work in your life, what we need to do is let God break in and break us and break that seed open so it become an amazing tree of life. That's what God wants for us. That's what he wants for you and for me. But that's our choice, whether we're going to let God break in or not. God wants to be in, but we have to allow that. And so today I want to ask you, how much have you let God in? Since the lesson last week, What have you done to be different? What have you done to grow? What have you done to change and apply the word and be stronger for God? Because all of us have to. We're all hopefully challenged by the word of God. And we all want to be more like Jesus. If you let God break in, he can do amazing things in your life. And that's the challenge. Because the world wants to suck us in. 
The world wants to get our focus. The world wants to distract us. It wants to control us. It wants to own us. The devil wants your soul, and don't be fooled by him. He wants you to be tied up with material things. He wants you to be distracted with the worries of life. When God is saying, man, don't worry. I'll take care of it if you trust me. Don't worry is a command of God. We can't listen to the devil and be duped and lied to anymore. We have to trust our awesome God. Allow him in our life so he can do amazing things for us. Let's allow God to do it. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. You know, we have a great opportunity to represent God every day of our lives, to share our faith and tell others about it. It's not about numbers. It's about souls. It's about helping people know God. Do you understand as a Christian who you are? Do you understand what God's given you? With the opportunity to share your faith. Our lives are more crucial on a daily basis than the President of the United States. Because he's working for government and laws. We're working for the eternal salvation of souls. What's more important? Because at the end, everything else is going to burn. Our possessions will burn. Everything will burn in the fire. All that will matter is where we stand with God and how many friends we're helping to get there. Amen? It's like we have an opportunity as a Christian every day you wake up. Do you feel empowered? Do you get up thinking, man, I can change the eternal destiny of a soul today. I'm part of God's plan. He's chosen to use me. What a city you live in. So many people. You you can't help but bump into hundreds of people every day here. It's amazing. Where I come from, the garage doors go down in October, and you don't see people for six months. It's hard to find them. It's like, where are they? They're just gone. Man, here, every day is sunny. I'm saying that again. And there's no bugs, and there's people everywhere. You get to share your faith every day. You need to feel awesome about who you are as a Christian. The world today is telling us that being a Christian is wrong. It's not politically correct. It's not the cool thing to do. And yet it's the only thing that will save souls for eternity. Amen? It's like, you've got a great opportunity as a Christian every day you wake up. No matter what your job title is or what kind of car you drive, none of that matters. You can save a soul. How incredible is that, that God entrusts us with that? Stuff doesn't matter. All that matters is God. we got to let him break in our hearts because if we do, great things happen. You know, I was a a full-time musician, and when I studied the Bible, I was in New York City in the arts ministry there. My wife and I became Christians. She was a dancer. I was a musician. And, uh, you know, listen, I knew I could no longer play in bars and live that life. It was a crazy life. And so I'm like, you know, I always wanted to have my song sing around the world, and I wanted that. You know, I felt like I had some gifts for it. And, but when I became a Christian, I felt like, well, you know what, God? I'm giving everything over to you. I'm going to trust you. And so what I did is I, I still like to, for my quiet times, I like to sing. I like to write songs. So let me tell you about the awesomeness of God. So one day... In the late 80s, I had a quiet time, and and I wrote a song. It was a simple song. I wrote it just for myself, and then a couple of my friends heard it, so we started singing it in the church in Philadelphia, and little did I know that everybody came through town and started taking the song back to their churches, and I didn't know what was happening with it, and then we went to a seminar at at the Madison Square Garden in New York, 12,000 people, and all of a sudden, they start singing my song. 
and 12,000 people are singing my song. And I'm like, what? <laughs> my friend tackled me. He's like, dude, it's your song. They're singing your song. I'm like, I know. This is sick. I'm like, wow, how cool is that? And little did I know it was going all around the world. And then people started sending me songbooks, my song in Russian and my song in, in this language and that language and everywhere. You, you might have sung it here. It's called Lord God Almighty. I, I wrote it in the 80s. And it's a, God said, thank you for getting out of the sinful stuff and all that. I gave you your song heard around the world now. That's what God can do when you let him break in. Amen? God can do incredible things. He's like, that's not even hard. Here you go. Here's your song heard around the world. You good now? I'm like, whoa, that's our God. Do you have that kind of faith? Do you trust God enough to say, I'm giving it all over to you? I'm giving up things that I think I love, but I'm entrusting you, God, with my heart. Because that's the things God can do. You know, it's interesting when he says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The coolest thing for me as a Christian is knowing the lives I help be a part of changing. It's funny because Al actually came into the Philadelphia church right after we had left, my wife and I. My wife and I started all the campus ministries there, Temple, Penn, uh, Drexel. And so it was cool because Al is actually like my great-grandson in the faith. Because I studied the Bible with a guy who became a Christian, who studied with a guy who became a Christian, who studied with Al. So he's like my great-grandson in the faith, so we have a bond, you know. It's like, wow, it's so cool, you know. And I can't tell you how many times people will come visit the church in Buffalo and say, hey, I'm like your great-great-grandson in the faith, dude. It's so awesome. I'm like, wow, it makes me feel good. Like, by the time I die and get to heaven, what's my tree of life going to look like? I'm meeting souls that I never met before that say, yeah, I'm in your tree. Like, wow, that's crazy. God allows us to be part of that. So today, are you letting God do great things in your life? Are you completely letting him in? Are you cutting off the things that the devil sucks you in with and letting God be everything to you so he could do great things? Because that's the only way great things will happen. When you let God break in, he does amazing things. God can raise a dead life. The second, my final point, the second point is great things happen in God's time. That's a crucial point too, to know. So uh, John chapter 11, let's close out here. John chapter 11. Starting in verse 1. I love this story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. But there's some things in there that really threw me off at first. That I didn't understand when I first read it. So John 11 verse 1 says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So let's just stop right there. So this Mary is someone who let God break in her heart. She's someone who went to Jesus and took this perfume, like all of her money, all of her, all of this was in this perfume, and she just gave it to Jesus. She said, I'm giving it to you, because that's what's important to me. Clearly someone who let God break in her heart. Clearly somebody who had given her life to Jesus and said, this is all that matters to me, is you. So we go on and see what happens in verse 3. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And his, in verse 17, now jump down 17. On his arise, arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. I want to stop right there. For me, when I read this story, I'm like, 
He left them, heard the guy was sick and dying, but stayed there two more days. Now, if it was me, because I struggle with patience, I'm sure none of you do, but I happen to struggle with patience. Thank God for my wife. with that in life. When I pray to God and there's a situation, I want God to move immediately. I'm sure none of you do, but I struggle with that. I want God to move right away. And I question God at times. God, why are you moving? I mean, they could have felt that. Why did he wait two days? I mean, how would you have felt about him waiting? How do you think the rest of the apostles felt? They're like, man, he loves this guy. Why aren't we going? Don't you think they were kind of whispering to each other? Like, how come he's not going? What's the deal with this? And then he goes there and he's dead. I'm sure they were like, dude, like you waited two days. You let the guy die. I mean, that's how I would have felt. Why didn't he move immediately? I struggle with patience. That's one of my struggles with God is I struggle with patience. And there was a numerous things in my life where I wanted God to move fast and he didn't. You know, I had a friend of mine tell me not so long ago. He goes, well, if you look at God in the Old Testament, He let whole generations go by before he decided to move and send another prophet. I said, man, I would have struggled. (laughs) I struggle with two days, let alone two generations or something. You know, I'm like, wow. So my wife helps me to trust in God's timing, and I'm so grateful for her. She's amazing that way, and she definitely is who I need in my life. But when you check out the story a little further... It's really incredible why Jesus did that. You see, the Jews believed at that time that when someone died, the soul would actually linger around the body for three days in hopes of coming back and something happening. But on the fourth day, they believed it was now impossible for that soul to ever return to the body. So what day do you think Jesus got there? Verse 18, now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother... though they die and whoever lives believing in me will never die do you believe this yes lord she replied i believe that you are the messiah the son of god who is to come into the world after she had said this she went back and called her sister mary aside the teacher is here she said and is asking for you when mary heard this she got up quickly and went to him now jesus had not yet entered the village but was still at the place where martha had met him when the jews who had been with mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out they followed her supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. You know, I think there's a few things here we have to to really look at and challenge ourselves on. You know, when I read these passages, there are things that challenge me. Thank God. But he deeply loved and cared for Mary and Martha and her brother. 
When you're going through challenging times and God's not moving when you want him to move, do you still believe that he deeply loves and cares for you? Do you really believe that? Or do you get frustrated and doubt his love and allow the devil to start whispering in your ears, God doesn't care. Why isn't he here for you? He could be here if he wants. Maybe you shouldn't trust him. Well, there's an easier way that might not be with the scriptures, but you could do it that way. All these things he whispers into all of our ears. Does he not? Do we still believe that he cares for us deeply when we pray? That he hears our prayer the moment we pray it? That it comes into his presence? Now think about that for a second. Just think the, the thing called prayer that we have. We get to, in a moment's notice, be in the presence of the almighty creator of the universe. Man, you can't get a phone call to the president, can you? Can you get a phone call to your governor? But you can have a direct line to the almighty creator of the universe like that. That's incredible. But do you really believe that he hears you? Do you believe that God can raise dead parts of your life? Areas of your life that you feel like, man, I can never get that back. I can never be good in that area again. I've been hurt. I don't know that I can ever trust again. Do you believe God can heal those parts? Do you believe he can raise the dead parts of your faith, the dead parts of your life? Do you believe that? Romans 8 tells us that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in all Christians. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us as Christians. Man, do you remember that? And think about how incredible that is. God can raise any dead parts of our life or faith today. Some of us have been hurt in the past. Guess what? We've all been hurt. We've all been hurt. Let's all say we're all in one club. The all been hurt club. We've all been there. But we're never going to be able to see God do great things in our life if we don't take Disney's directive and let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. We've all got hurt. Move forward and say, you know what? I've been hurt. But I'm moving forward, God. I'm, I'm trusting you. You know, people will hurt you. We're all imperfect. But God is always God. We can't put people's problems onto God. We've got to get our faith back so we can change the world again. The world needs changing. It needs Christians to stand up and be counted. Christians who are willing to stand up for their faith. And go out and confidently and boldly share with people about Jesus Christ. Not being embarrassed by it. Not feeling like, oh, I'm going to be politically incorrect. But you will be a messenger of God who can change the world. Listen, you're all here. There will probably be people that didn't think you'd be open. I appreciate Al sharing the communion. That was touching. Sharing who he was. There were people that probably didn't think he'd ever be able to get it right. I guarantee there were people that didn't think when I had hair down to here and was rocking in a heavy metal band, didn't think I was going to be a preacher man someday. <laughs> but God does. We've got to give our life to God. Go down to verse uh, 38, 36. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there was a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Yeah, four days. Now impossible in the Jews' mind that this man could be raised to life. 
But they didn't know Jesus, did they? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, check this out. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Sometimes God makes us wait because it gives more honor and it's more faithful and it's more powerful when he takes time to move. But we've got to believe that. He can raise the dead parts of our life if we trust in him. If we let him break in our hearts and we trust his timing and don't give up. Keep praying. Keep being faithful. Keep sharing with people. And God will do great things in your life. You know, a couple years ago, uh, I, had, I had a very challenging time in my life. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I quarterback our flag football team for the church, and we played football for a lot of years. And, um, you know, we had been going on years and years. And every year, every session, we'd make it to the championship and lose. And make it a championship and lose. And make it a championship and lose. And we have videotaped how many times the ref made wrong calls in the final play that helped us lose the game. And man, I was struggling. God, we're your people. How are you letting the pagans beat our team? We're your people. Aren't we supposed to win? We're trusting in you. We're being great examples. Why aren't we winning? And I was struggling. The guys in the team, we were struggling. I said, man, what's wrong? And then we got, went on a witch hunt. Oh, man, are we in sin? Is there something wrong? Why, you, know, you know how you get like that, right? It's like, man, it's, I, there must be some sin in my life that I'm doing that I don't know I'm doing. You get all crazy and weird and paranoid, right? And so this one year got really bad because at the end of the session, we lost the championship. Some guy just forearmed my face, broke my face. I, my shoulder was torn. I lost my voice because I was yelling at football so much. I couldn't preach anymore. I had to go and take lessons on how to speak again. Just let me tell you, it was a downtime for me. Broken face, broken shoulder, couldn't preach, couldn't talk. My wife was probably happy for a little while there. <laughs> Losing championships. It was like, man, God, what did I do? How come? And so I decided to study out the Holy Spirit that January. I had surgery January 9th on my shoulder, started getting help in my voice, and I started studying out the Holy Spirit, and it was so inspiring. And I started trying to be more faithful, and, and my family was encouraging, and the church was encouraging, and we were studying about being faithful in the Holy Spirit. So I had my surgery on my shoulder January 9th, and the doctor, who was the Buffalo Bills doctor, that happened to be a friend of ours, did my surgery, and, he, and I said, well, when do you think I could play? He goes, well, listen, he goes, you ain't even going to start throwing until June. So you probably won't be able to play till like, probably August. And we had a session from January to May indoor and then May to August outdoor. I'm like, so you're telling me I can't play at all this year? He goes, listen, he goes, you're 50 years old. He goes, it's a serious surgery. You just need to know that that's how it's going to be. I'm like, okay, God, Holy Spirit, amen, let's trust. So we started the indoor league. A month later, I'm like, man, it feels pretty good. I just start tossing it around a little, tossing the ball around. I'm like, that's not too bad, you know. So the guys are playing, and the guys are winning, and like, man, they're like, I'm start throwing a little better. Two months later, I was playing. March 9th, I played. 
We didn't lose the rest of the season. And on my birthday on May 14th, we won that championship. It was literally a miraculous healing on a 50-year-old guy. And on my birthday, we won the championship. I wasn't even supposed to throw until June. In May on my birthday, we won the championship. I was like, wow, this is, that's pretty crazy. We're all like, well, that's awesome, man. It's so good. You can put up, yeah, there it is. That's us. <laughs> and so that was cool. But at the same time, because I had busted my face and all that stuff happened, we decided, man, we can't play in that league anymore. It's so rough. It's so un- So we decided to do it. Literally a week later, the guy who ran that other league called me and said, hey, I heard you're starting your own league. He goes, you know what? I don't want to do the league anymore. I'll tell you what. You can have the fields. You can have all the equipment. I'll just give it to you. You can have your own league with it. I was like, yes. So we went on that, and, uh, and just a year later, we were the largest flag football t- uh, league in all of western New York, still are. And that session, again, I wasn't supposed to throw till June. We won the first championship in May. Then we started our league. And we went undefeated that session. In the beginning of August, when I was just supposed to start to play, we won the championship in that league as well. It's like all in God's timing. So we're sitting there going, wow. It's like, wait, if we wouldn't have lost all those championships and played in that nasty league, we never would have started our own league. So maybe what God wanted is for us to start our own league and make it more Christian and and control it and be the leaders and have people come to us and have more people to reach out to and And it can be the largest league in the whole city. It's like, that was what God was seeing. I wasn't seeing it short term. I was just like, why aren't we winning the championships? And being sinful and selfish, God's like, i got a way bigger picture for you. You're going to have a miraculous healing. You're going to win your indoor championship. Then you're going to go undefeated, win your league, and it's going to become the biggest league in all the city. That's what God sees. What does God see for your life right now that's bigger than what you see? See, because sometimes... It's years of waiting before God works. But also sometimes God can work really fast. That was our outdoor championship team. Sorry. Um, Thank you for being on it when I'm not thinking about it. Um, But um, I want to show you this next slide. That's the girls. You know they were singing, my two daughters. Um, Liana on the left, Lydia in the middle. And that's Lauren on the right. They all grew up together. Uh, They're all disciples in the church in Buffalo. And... um, it's crazy because they, they just, my, my other daughter was a national championship dancer, hip-hop dancer. Um, amen, so the brother will appreciate that. Um, and Lauren and Liana were, were in the drama club doing all these things. Well, they decided uh, just a couple years ago to start a band, and then sure, they were kind of doing folk music. And shortly after that, they're like, man, we want to do more like pop rock. And so they're like, Dad, can you play in our band? I'm like, you want your dad in your band? Won't that steal all the cool? They're like, no, you should do it. Let's do it. So we, so we started doing it. We started writing. And so they were just saying about how we really want to give music a shot. So we're like, okay, how about we take a year, we just pray to God and give it a shot and see what he does. So we pray to God, but we're like, man, we got, we got to record music. Recording studios are so expensive. We don't have the money. What do we do? We prayed to God. And so shortly after that, we all went to see my friend's band who was playing in the area from years ago. And I'm like, let's just go see what they're like. You guys can see a live band and and see how you compare and stuff. So we go out there. And while we're standing there, all of a sudden, one of my songs I wrote from the 80s comes on the PA system and it's playing. I'm like, what? 
And it's like the guy at the soundboard turns around, and he's smiling and laughing. It turns out I know him. He's this guy, Dave. His band used to open for my band in the 80s when I had the top band of Buffalo. And so he, he, we, we start talking, and he's like, yeah, man, I heard you're a pastor now. I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, it's so cool. And he goes, yeah, the, I heard the girls have a band. I'm like, yeah, we do. He goes, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, he goes, I have a recording studio. And he goes, you're doing stuff for the right reasons, so you can record at my studio anytime you want for free. God can move fast. So we're like, okay, we're recording demos. This is great. This is awesome. How do we get to that next level? We've got to have somebody that can get us to the next level. Well, then on the radio, I start hearing this guy on the radio. His name is Rich. He used to follow my band in the past. It was kind of like my band's groupie, you know, and he, he used to especially really like me. And so we got to be friends. Hadn't seen him in years. All of a sudden now he's working, managing Hollywood stars, and he's doing stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird. But I didn't want to be that guy, you know, and give him a call and go, oh, can you help my kids? You know, I haven't talked to you in 20 years. But I didn't want to be that guy, so I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, in the meantime, I didn't know he meets Dave, the studio guy, and Dave was raving about the girls, right? Oh, the band is awesome and everything. So he's like, oh, and Rich is like, oh, yeah, I keep hearing about them, you know. And so I'm not going to call him. I don't want to be that guy. And so Halloween night, I walk into the grocery store, and boom, who do I come face to face with? That guy, Rich. And he's like, oh, hey, this is crazy. How could, man, he goes, this is meant to be. He goes, I heard about you girls. I want to help them out. I can really help them, blah, blah, blah. So now Rich is working with us. And he goes, yeah, I know this producer in, in L.A. He's worked with Chris Brown and Mariah Carey and Cody Simpson. And he's a great producer. I want him to hear your stuff. He calls him. The guy hears our stuff. I love him. Let's sign him. Boom, we sign with the producer. A couple months later, we come in March. We record an EP and a, and a music video here in Los Angeles. And we did the video on the Santa Monica Pier. And so we go back home. And he calls as soon as, as soon as, of course, this is my impatience. How come he's not calling us? How come that's happening? How come it takes so long? And my, my wife was like, I think God's just waiting for the girls to finish college, the school year to end, and then he'll do it. And so, you know, Lydia graduates. Literally a couple days later, a producer calls. Hey, I got great news. I just got a guy signed. It's given me more connections, and I'm ready to do the band. I'm ready to have you come here. Let's meet with record companies. And we're like, man, it's moving fast. And like, I'm like, God just keeps moving. And so, you know, we just hit 10,000 followers on Twitter for the band. Um, the reason we're here for five weeks is we finished some recordings, and we're meeting with record companies in the next few weeks. So when God wants to do great things, sometimes it takes years, and sometimes he could move like that. But you got to let God break in. So today, where are you at spiritually in your life? I want to challenge you in this amazing city that you live in, this great area. You are the messengers of God. Let God break into your heart. Let yourself be revived spiritually. Do what you need to to connect again with God and believe that he could use you. But then know that sometimes he doesn't always work in the timing we want. You've got to be faithful to how God wants to work and when in your life. But if you do that, he will lead you down some amazing roads. And you will have a tree of life, which in the end is all that matters. God loves us all. He believes in you. He wants you to feel close to him and do great things. But you've got to let him break into your heart. Thank you so much for having us here I love you guys. Pray for us in Buffalo. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to have you as our God, that you love us and you give us grace when we're in sin. Father, I pray for all of us here today that we can decide that we're going to come clean. If there's things we need to talk about that we've been afraid to, that we would trust you and do that. Father, we're going to pray 
that we are going to find some friends to be close to and to be real with. life that you've given us. And I pray, Father, that we'd be urgent to use that day in a way that would be pleasing to you. Thank you so much for this time together. Father, thank you for allowing us to be in this amazing place. And Father, I pray for the church here that they would be the messengers of God in this great area and make a difference in the world around them. We love you, God. We thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.